Occasionally, myself and our coaching staff at DadStartingOver.com, we run into a client who has issues that go beyond the scope of coaching. They may have really severe anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, and this is the point where our coaches stop and say, have you spoken to a therapist? What a lot of these men say is, I've looked into it, not a lot of options in my area, it can't work with my schedule, or I have an appointment schedule, but I can't get in for another four months. In other words, the need is there. They recognize the need. They see the value in the therapy, but the options for getting the therapy are extremely limited in their area. Well, thanks to our friends at BetterHelp.com, there is an option for you. BetterHelp is a unique service that allows you to talk to a licensed therapist from your area via your telephone or your computer. You can do voice chat with them if you wish. You can email back and forth. You can text with them all on your time schedule, all from the convenience of your phone or your computer. So check it out at betterhelp.com DSO. That's betterhelp.com DSO and get 10% off your first month of service with BetterHelp. folks, DSO here, dadstartingover.com, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Dad Starting Over podcast, and with me today are Nikki and Ben, and oh boy, did they have an interesting story. This one, we're going off script a little bit from what we typically hear from guests that I speak to, listeners, other folks selling books and so forth on this particular subject. You guys have come up with something interesting, something different, unique, and that's why I really like it. And that's why I think this is of really good value to our listeners. You guys wrote a book called Our Happy Divorce. Our Happy Divorce. Guilty. Boy, you don't hear that very often. (laughs) (laughs) So right away you hear that and people go, "Uh Uh (laughs) yeah, right. (laughs) Our Happy Divorce. Yeah, that's like uh, my awesome cancer. Right, it's just, yeah. that's, true. Yeah. that's true. It just doesn't compute. Like the the two don't go hand in hand. Happy divorce, but for you guys, it did. But because for those that don't know, Ben and Nikki here are not a couple. They are a divorced couple. They used to be married, and now they no longer are. But you guys both, and we're going to go to the, the the genesis of all this and what brought this about during this process of all right, this marriage ain't working. We both know it. We're both adults. It's divorce time. You both made the conscious decision. I'm not going to put words in your mouth to say, let's make this as happy, as uh, as drama-free, as healthy. There's the good word. As healthy Health as humanly possible. Healthy for our child because you guys have a boy together. So walk us through because obviously the knee-jerk reaction is, you hate me, I hate you, let's just be contentious and you know, take little jabs at each other, and eventually we, we grow indifferent to each other and whatever. What was the genesis of, what was the beginning of why you guys decided to make a left turn here and do it uh, the complete opposite of everyone else? Well, we got to be honest. At the beginning, right. it started exactly what you just, how you just said it. Okay. So it didn't start like butterflies and roses, and here we go. Oh, we really like each other. <laughs> no, um, it started contentious. Is that the word? 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think I any. Think he was more than I was in the beginning. That's probably a very valid statement, but I think it's also important uh, to put it in, in in a little bit of context about our happy divorce and uh, how it started. Uh, we never imagined. We never even thought it was in the realm of possibility uh, that we would be sitting here fourteen years later. Um, you know, talking about our happy divorce and how great our life is. You know, it happy was not a word that we would use uh, at the end of our marriage. I think every up with was more like it. Right. Right. And I think every marriage has the, uh, or and divorce has sort of a Petri dish uh, of, because of all the negative emotions to become a high uh, conflict divorce. And our, and, and our, ours was no different. And so somebody had to raise their hand and say, enough of this. What are we doing? Well, one of you responsible for this, was this a mutual sit down? I think it was, I think internally it was mutual and it was mm. a lot of the back and forth that a lot of couples that are starting to break up. Oh, you're in the house. You're out of the house. You're back in the house. You're out of the house. And it was a, it was like ping pong back and forth and us fig- trying to figure out, Oh, we can make this work. And I am just naturally a fixer. So I just always want to go to the point of how do I fix this? How do I make it better? What can I do like not to break this marriage up and, how do we stay together for the sake of our child? And I think it just got to the point where I kind of figured out with myself and he figured out that it was like, you know what? There is no way to stay together. And if we want to make this better for him, the only thing we can do is be apart. But Ben really pulled the trigger. Uh, on dramatically. Yeah, right. Uh, on the divorce, uh, I'm moving forward because it was a dance. I mean, I don't think, uh, at least I don't know, and you might correct me if I'm wrong, but any uh, couple, married couple, decides to get divorced because they had a fight one night at a restaurant, right? It, it's sort of, you know, it's a culmination of a bunch of different things, and ours was no different. Um, mm-hmm. I left the house in a very um, angry, resentful uh, point in the finger. Uh, it was all Nikki's fault, you know, the if only's, uh, she should do this. She should have done that. Um, and, and a lot of my anger, uh, in, in life is, is sort of the secondary emotion, right? It, it, it's there to protect something else that was going on. And at the end of the day, I was just hurt, you know, as a hurt and wounded yeah. uh, man with, you know, a lot of shame and guilt, uh, about ending a marriage and what it was going to do to our child. Um, so, you know, I went out, the, the turning point though was, um, and, and trying to find a different way was, uh, trying to tap, I, I was able to at one point tap into my experience, um, growing up in a very high conflict divorce with my parents. But you mm. didn't start that way. No, I didn't start that way at all. He started in the way of wanting to hurt me as, po- as much as possible with like mm-hmm. a, the lawyer that promised him the world and. You know, and it, I think you ended up having a turning point, which I think helped our situation tremendously, or we right. wouldn't be where we are today. Yeah, and I, I think that's also an important point, and, and and not to sound too dramatic, but I think it is a little bit. It, it, it's very poignant that as hard as it was, and as much damage as it caused me as a as a young boy and 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 a man, and, and drugs and alcohol and all kinds of other stuff with my parents' divorce. Um, and knowing the pain and having that human experience and having that lived experience that I left the house and I was still willing to go down the same path mm-hmm. that my parents went through. Yeah. I, That's what you knew. But Whether the, it was right yes. or wrong, that was yes. learned behavior. It's learned behavior. It's a learned pattern. And, and, and yeah. uh, that, 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 I mean, that's the power of these emotions. 
Yeah. Especially for me, yep. or especially for me, when, when, when my two big fuck you buttons are being pushed, which are romance and finance, look out, mm-hmm. you know, and, and divorce, I don't know of any other, you know, <clears throat> situation, you know, in life, uh, uh, then the divorce pushed those buttons faster or quicker. Yeah, absolutely. You just hit on something which I hear so often because I do what's called one-on-one coaching myself and five other guys at Dad Starting Over. And, you know, guys don't come to us because, hey, I got an awesome marriage. Let me just tell you about it. No, it's we have all kinds of drama, terribleness. I, I've heard it all. And I often say to these guys, time out. Let's rewind the hands of time here. Tell me about mom and dad. 99.9% of the time. When I was seven years old, my dad cheated on my mom. My mom cheated on my dad. It was an awful, contentious divorce. It was terrible. I had to choose between the two of them. It sent me down a spiral of depression. Yeah, it. And what's interesting is how much a lot of these guys don't have the introspection to say, hmm, I think that may have had an impact on my relationships, you know, subsequent relationships going down the line. My girlfriends, my wives, well, never thought of it that way. But you it sounds like had the light bulb moment of what am I doing? I'm just re- recreating this whole thing all over again. And I don't know, you know, how it happened or why it happened, uh, but I had gone out and I had hired the lawyer, and and like Nikki said, and, and and you know, he'd promised me the world, the earth, the sun, the solar system, and everything underneath it. Uh, <laughs> and he wrote up a game plan, thirty five pages or something of of you know wow. how we were going to accomplish that. I'm pretty sure he just changed the names on it. Right, that's his like standard. yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, the boilerplate, right? Boilerplate. Yep. Uh, and, and I, I I didn't read it for some reason for a while. I think like you know ten days, and I was on a plane, a red eye back from L A to Tampa. You know, four o'clock in the morning. I said, okay, let me let me get into this thing. And I opened it up and I don't know why on that plane in that moment, what it was, um, but I got two pages into it and Mm. I got that feeling inside of my stomach and and I was able to, for the first time in a long time uh, in my life is be honest and and not buy my own BS and Mm -hmm. uh, uh, also realize that I knew where this, if I kept on going, I already know the ending, right? I already know the ending of not only this, this uh, war and peace attack plan but also uh the war ending the roses? For, <clears throat> yeah war of the roses it's called war of the roses yep. uh and, and uh you know the other thing i realized in that plane is uh there's no way uh in the history of relationships that it could be one person's fault right so i i had to stop blaming nikki right mm-hmm. there's no it takes two to make that it would have taken two to make that marriage and it would have taken two to ruin it so uh, then at that point i made the second phone call uh, which I should have been my first phone call, and that was to a therapist. Hmm. And uh, you know, I'm also uh, a member of a 12-step group, have been for a long time, and I called my sponsor. Mm-hmm. And then we went on this, uh, you know, I Is guess... It's your fault, not hers? No, I'm kidding. Right, about finding my part in it, because I literally didn't know at that point what my part was. I just had but an understanding. Nobody under- wants to look at themselves that way and think that it's their fault. Right. I mean, nobody does. Everyone wants to, at that, at that minute, everybody wants to blame somebody else. Right. And those two yeah. people, my yeah. sponsor, and my therapist kept me accountable, uh, to, to, or at least kept me uh, grounded on my side of the street. Right. And mm. I've really wanted to go tell them about how dirty Nikki's side of the street was. Uh, but they kept me, you know, no, let's stay here. And, and mm-hmm. it didn't take that long, uh, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, but, uh, for me to have this, uh, another moment of clarity that I wouldn't want to be married to me either. 
You know, mm. I was miserable, uh, or I, I guess I was miserable, but I also wasn't the man, the father, the husband, the person that I literally had thought I was. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. it's humbling, but it was also a big turning point uh, in, in my life, but also the life of uh, our post-marriage life and, and uh, you know, for our son. And I think for so, me, it was yeah. more so I kind of just sat back. I called people that were family friend lawyers, not like a lawyer like he did. You know, I talked to my parents, I talked to my sisters and I just sort of sat back and said, you know what, let's wait, let's wait this thing out. And I in turn started going to therapy for myself and trying to figure out, you know, what the hell went wrong. And I, you know, I thought I was this great wife and this great. <coughs> <mother>. <coughs> you so, know, and I was like, okay, wait a minute. So I'm really not any of the above, but I got to figure out how I can be. So really, I've decided, you know, this is all, this is all helped. Nikki 2.0 is better, much better than Nikki, Nikki number one. No question. Mm-hmm. You know, going to therapists, going to your sponsor can be argued. Uh, this entire equation, those are the easy parts. The most difficult part, at least in my mind, and probably to a, guy, a lot of guys listening to this, is picking up the phone and calling Nikki. And, yes. saying, and saying, you know what? Uh, I got to get some stuff off my chest. And here's what I'm going through in my mind. And Nikki to Ben, because kind of sounds like, I don't know if these were concurrent, you going to therapy and him as well. Do you both go in on your little journeys at pretty much the same time? Then you come together and say, I've been really thinking this through. And yeah, me too. Well, that, you, that had to be a tough conversation. You nailed it. It was. And it scared the daylights out of me when he called me and said, hey, will you have coffee with me? And I was like, oof. I think I called everybody in my family. I'm like, is he going to kill me? But it's, we're going to be in a public place. Should I go? What, what, why is he, why is he asking me? Cause we hadn't been talking. The only way we would discuss things was either via text message or that's really probably it about Asher. It was like, I'll drop Asher off at this time. And at that point when it, we would go back and forth and drop Asher off, we wouldn't talk. So it would be literally mm-hmm. like that couple that drops him off almost on the like porch. It's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, it like slows down to like a five mile, and then you just drop, drop right. out like a safe, porch. like yeah. a safe speed where the kid won't get hurt and yeah. you keep oh, it moving. God, yeah. No, no. Now in your defense though, um, I speak to a lot of men that are in very toxic relationships and the men are still very, what I like to call addicted to the spouse into that relationship, and they're finding a very hard time to, de- very difficult time detaching. The wife has detached with the men I talked to, but the men are like, I just can't get over this. We talked on the phone last night for a few hours, we did, and I said, you have to stop doing that. Yeah, That doesn't it's, help it's not, anything. It, that's not healthy for you. It's not healthy for anyone. So that in turn becomes that moment of, here's the kid. How you doing? Good. Say bye. Later. Um, so there's a healthy component to that for sure, but it can dip too much into the negative of, I'm pretending you you don't exist. You pretend I don't exist, and the kid sees that. that that's it. Yeah, and, and, kid, and that's it. And, and I think the one thing that before even um, that Nikki was you know gracious uh, with me, and, and and I was what you were gracious. Okay, uh, but but she gave me that time and space. Right mm-hmm. after I read that uh, thing on the plane, fired the lawyer. I called her and I said, look, I just need some time. I need some, you know, uh, and, and that was another great looking back on it. We didn't know it would be, you know, a great turning point, but you know, there's no rush or there's no award for getting divorced the quickest, except for possibly a lifetime of pain for you and your kids. Right. And, and so 
I was, you know, I was the one who wanted to rush the lawyer and right. get the paperwork and get everything rolling. Uh, but that time and space and, and, and those awkward drop-offs um, were much better than the alternative of conflict in front of the son. But, but that wasn't st- sustainable, like you said. I mean, the kid, our son would have picked up on that, and that I did, you know, as, as a child. But, you know, that when I did come to that thing, that, you know, I had called Nikki and asked her to coffee, and it was time to, you know, uh, eat some uh, humble pie and, and, and make it right. And not make it right for any intentional purpose other than just saying, look, my side of the street was completely dirty. I am sorry. Um, and I didn't, you know, think it would end up to, to the way it was. But if she had thrown my coffee on me, it would have been okay, too. So it was just, it was really just, a, I needed to get it off my, off my chest. But even too, I don't think that when you invited me to coffee, it wasn't like you thought at that minute, oh, even when I apologized in return to him for things that I had done wrong, it wasn't like we looked at each other and we're like, okay, great. Here we go. Like, yeah, let's go write a book. Done. Like, right. well, this is going to be great. We're going to be friends and that's, this is the way it's going to go. I mean, it took work after that. Mm-hmm. And what did that work look like going forward? I mean, did you guys have an agreement at that point of we're both in agreement here that we're going to make this as positive as humanly possible for Asher? Is that your son's name? He looked at me and said, do you have a problem with joint custody? After we apologized to each other and I said, 100%, absolutely not. And I said, Mm -hmm. you're a good dad. There's no reason for me to ever keep your child from you also like and vice versa. And I said, so absolutely not. And he said, okay, that's the hard part from there on. And we can figure this mm-hmm. out. Yeah. I said all the other, I mean, I'm We talked about swearing before. Uh, uh, and I said, yeah, all the other shit we can work out right. like that was, and, and it's, it, I know I said that I didn't go in there with any, you know, intention or, or, or uh, outcome. And, and me asking that question might seem like that was an inauthentic but moment, just come- but it came. I mean, it was like one of those things where I didn't expect apology back, but I looked in her eyes and, and, and she apologized to me and she sent, I apologized to her and she sensed, I guess, that authenticity that she really hadn't mm-hmm. seen before. And I sensed the same thing. So I felt safe. You know, it was a safe uh, place for me to ask her that question. And once that question came off uh, and, and, and she answered it, 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 it was... Uh, there was some space, you know, there was some, there was some room to uh, a possibility that, that, you know, again, we didn't all of a sudden turn into our happy divorce and have the life we had today. But then we decided to meet a couple more times. Um, And and I I think at that point, I like, for me, I realized that like we had moved to Tampa together. Well, he'll tell you that he was forced (laughs) to No, he wasn't forced to move to Tampa, but And I mean, we moved to Tampa in a place where we didn't know anybody but my family. So it was like, we, I mean, this was my best friend. So for me, it was like, okay, at that moment, it was almost like, oh, so there's my best friend. He doesn't have, like, it's almost like you're not going to be my husband, but that you're still my best friend. So it was a, a matter of like something flipped on in my head that was like, oh, he's still there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, you know, yeah. it's amazing when an amends or a repair or whatever goes a certain way. And it's hard to, I guess, articulate it. Um, but the past wasn't, you know, it, it, it wasn't all of a sudden wiped clean, right? It wasn't just all of a sudden, yeah. uh, you know, forgotten about, but we weren't sitting in the car accident holding the smoldering, you know, uh, uh, tires and looking at the dead bodies and, you know, whatever, you know, however dramatic you want to make it. But it was, we just had been able to move forward. Um, And and with that, we just decided, okay, 
we had our lawyers, uh, but we then met at the same coffee shop, the same table uh, outside and start, just started on some of the big ticket items. Right. And just started going through it. And then, you know, she'd go back to her uh, representatives and I go back to mine and we come back. But we were at that point, we weren't the emotional people going through a divorce. We were the business people. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't mean to sound I actually I do mean to sound apathetic. Right. Because that's at the end of the day what a, a divorce is without the emotion. It's a business deal. And, and mm-hmm. we were we were the two primary people doing it. And, and so I mean, and it didn't sorry for interrupting. It didn't mean that the emotions weren't there. No. I mean, I was scared to death. I was 20. How old was I? 20, almost 30. Yes. Oh, but I was, I mean, to me, that felt really young. And I was by, you know, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be a single mom. And I'm like, how does, I mean, what are people going to, you know, what are people going to think about me? I couldn't make my first marriage work. I must be like some terrible person. So, I mean, the emotional stuff didn't go away. Yeah. And that, I think a lot of that has to do with the future emotional stuff or the, or the fear and all. But I think as far as our past, that's why we were able to sit five, six meetings in a coffee shop and work out the work out our divorce and then hand it to the lawyer and say, you know, get paid, whatever you, you know, however much you get paid an hour to draw up your run on sentences and your whereas and all that stuff. And, and, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, the, 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 the future stuff is, is obviously still there, but, but that's, I think one of the reasons, because I wasn't making decisions in that, you know, in, in, in our divorce agreement to screw her. And she wasn't doing it to, to hurt me or hurt, you know, her. And, and so it was a lot easier at that point. And because you, when you do do that, the only thing you end up hurting is your children. Yeah. I you, mean, you so may, what, very, you're you, not may give, th- you may think you're you know, punching the other person right. in the nose, but in the end you're, you're hurting the kid. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, some guys listening to this who have been through the ringer with divorce, um, they're listening to your step-by-step and the, there's moments where they go, ooh, it could have gone bad right there. And it could have gone bad right there. Um, Nikki could have very well said, no, I'll be taking the kids 90% of the time. Thank you very much. And if you're going to fight me, fight me in court. See you later. Bye. And Were don't get pre- me wrong. I wanted to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the emotion of the moment, I mean, divorce is so traumatic. It's so emotion filled. That's the worst. It brings out the worst of the worst in people. It does. And you you had every avenue to say, you know what, all of a sudden I just got a flood of memories of all the shit that you put me through for so many years. This could come from both of you. Um, so F you, forget it. Were you prepared for that, either of you? Were you, did you have, um, I don't know, one hand tied behind your back saying, uh, I'm wanting to go into this positively, but if it doesn't, I'm ready for you, mister. Or was it you had to take that off the table. Otherwise, this wouldn't have worked. I think for me, I think he knew that I wasn't in that mindset. That I had prepared myself to not be in that mindset. But I also think he knew in the beginning, okay, if I'm going to fight this, she's not backing down. Like I was going to go, you know, balls to the wall and come at him too. But I was like, let's just hope we can get past that. That's yeah. why I didn't come out. I think I didn't come out fight. Like I didn't come out fighting because I thought two of us coming out that direction isn't going to make the situation any better. And my parents to give my background are still married and they're oh, okay. 52 years later. So I didn't, wow. I didn't have the, I didn't have that growing. I, I had a, like a nice 
home life, then that's what I had always envisioned Asher having. So I never thought, oh my God, in a million years, I'm not really sure. I think I'm the only person in my family that has ever gotten divorced, which is like really strange. That's unusual. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, it was like, wow, I can't like, well, I can't get a divorce. Like uh, that's not, that's not even, it's not even in the cards. I can't like my, my scariest phone call was calling my parents and telling them that I was getting divorced. So then Ben, Ben, is it safe to say that with Nikki's emotional makeup and the positive baggage that she brought to the relationship that her saying the kids are mine and I'm taking you for all your money, screw you, you're, I'm going to ruin you. Was that really not even in the equation in your mind? It's an interesting question. And as Nikki was talking, I was paying attention, but I was also sort of, you know, uh, you know, trying to recycle, uh, that moment. Um, and I think, um, at least I'd like to think the way that I showed up at that coffee shop meeting, um, I don't want to say caught her off guard because it wasn't done, you know, manipulative or, mm-hmm. you know, but, but I think it was because that, that's who I wanted to show up. I didn't want to show up with somebody who had this mask, who had this anger that, that if she said one thing was going to set me back off. So I, you know, I, I, the idea of, you know, uh, the playing the what ifs and if she does this, would, would I think would only have been a setup for, um, that to happen. Right. And, and so, mm-hmm. I, uh, one of the reasons I think it worked so well as I play it back is because I showed up, I was willing to be vulnerable. I was willing, I w- you know, I didn't have any, uh, expectations of what she was going to do good or bad. Um, and, and I was just able to show up as my, uh, you know, true authentic self and not with any, you know, agenda or anything that I had shown that she had seen me before. She, you know, maybe the person that she actually knew. Um, and, and, and so I think that, uh, just being uh, disarming and vulnerable set the stage. And if she had done it, uh, you know, I, I, I guess I would have, you know, uh, reacted, you know, I, I don't know. It's an interesting question, but I, but I, th- but I just think that it didn't happen. Uh, and, and I think we were both prepared. I think you almost have to mm-hmm. be right. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, it, not to say that I could have walked away from there saying, oh, well, I did my job, but this was not, this amends was not for Nikki. Right. At the end of the day, this, you know, me repairing my actions wasn't for Nikki. It ended up being for Nikki. She, she deserved it, but how she took it was not my, you know, I just needed to get it off my chest so I could move on. And, and, and so, um, whichever path, you know, I guess that took is, is, is at mm-hmm. least I could have walked away from that coffee shop going, okay, you know, I, I did what I could do. And, you know, now we got to figure out, you know, how to move forward, good, bad, or ugly. I love it. Well said. Now, there's a, another avenue to take this, another thought process in all this, and that is there's a pretty big contention of people out there that think that marriage is kind of the Shangri-La of, well, our, our existence as a people, that we must savor that at all costs, no matter what. I mean, you'll even hear people saying you can get past physical abuse and uh, infidelities and so forth, you keep the family together. A lot of people in the church say that, right or wrong, mm-hmm. that's the message. Um, they may take a book like yours. And again, Our Happy Divorce, available at all major retailers. Um, they may see that as, uh-oh, here's somebody coming after marriage. Here's somebody saying divorce actually can be a pretty cool thing, can be pretty nice. You can 
you can live, you can be friends and everything's great. And as far as the kids are concerned, not a big deal. Uh, I could see that being a criticism. What do you say to that? Well, what I, I would say that our son, as easy as we have decided to make this for him, he will tell you that he wishes his parents were together. Mm. But on the other hand, we can tell you that, I mean, he loves the relationship that Ben and I have. And he, and he laughs sometimes because he, he, because he sees us almost like brother and sister, because we bicker still like brother and sister. But the, since we are both remarried and in new relationships, Asher sees something that he wouldn't have gotten to see if Ben and I stayed together. He sees two people that fell in love and are absolutely in love and have a great relationship. And then he sees another two people who have the same situation at his dad's house. And then he sees the relationship that Ben and I have rebuilt together for him. So I would say that it's not something, obviously anybody who gets married doesn't expect to get divorced. I didn't expect to get divorced. And if I could have made it work, I would have. But right now Asher sees something, three different relationships that he is learning. He's learning what love is. He's learning how to love. He sees, you know, family units together. He sees a larger family unit together. And it's something he wouldn't have gotten to see had we stayed together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Let me just add really quick that the the person that I was able to do that introspective of, uh, and, and how Ben had showed up in, in, in our marriage. Um, I wouldn't want that person being a father to my son. Right. And, and if we had probably stayed together, that person probably would have still existed. Right. And, and uh, you know, I remember, even though my parents got divorced, you know, when they were married, there was, I only remember one time, where I could tell you where they had some, uh, uh, PDA, uh, you know, so they, they held hands and it was just mm-hmm. for a minute. And that's the only, Im- and I might've done it before, you know, before them, but, th- uh, that's the image I had. And, and, yeah. and so yeah. I don't judge people. I, I actually can empathize with people, whether it's religious or whether it's, you know, thinking you're doing something selfless, uh, by staying together for the kids. Um, I think it, it for, for me, when I look back on it, uh, I don't want to say the divorce was the best thing, uh, but, but because we're sitting here, you know, where it is, it happened for a reason. Nikki's, you know, made, uh, earlier about Nikki 2.0. She's a much better version of herself. You know, she wasn't, she's not the person that was married to me. Uh, and, and I'd like to think that I'm not the person that was married to Nikki. I'm a better father, better husband. And so, uh, I, I mean, my mom's very religious. So she was, she was the scariest person I had to call and tell. I was like, yeah. oof, that like calling that phone call to her was like probably the worst thing I've ever had to do. Yeah, I think our like three crossroads, right? Uh, our, our, our divorce or our marriage could have gone. Uh, we could have stayed together for the kid, uh, for, for our son. I, for the kid, kid. (laughs) uh, you know, I think that that could, that, that for for the reasons I just stated could be just as detrimental to ourselves as humans and to our son. Uh, we could have had a high conflict divorce, um, and and ended up like my parents, which obviously could have been even more detrimental to our son, or we could have taken the path we took and and, and that's, you know, continue to be parents, uh, you know, compare, put our big boy pants on and not stick our son with the emotional bill for our choices. And I'll tell you the middle one, uh, 
the one we took was was and is and always will be the easier, softer way. There you go. And, and it could be argued for Asher, this was a crash course and, you know, look, son, life's going to throw some big holy shit moments at you. You're going you're gonna to get sick. You're going to lose a job. You're going to lose loved ones, et cetera, et cetera. But here is a front row seat for how to handle that effectively. We could have made this worse. We could have just introduced all kinds of drama and awfulness to the situation. But we got together like two adults and decided, nah, watch, watch this, son. And um, that's perfect. Yeah, that's and he huge. gets it. I mean, he... he good, he, good. He, um, there's a chapter in the book uh, that he wrote, and, and it was his uh, high school, uh, college... The high school entrance... Entrance exam. Or, or no, I'm sorry, he uh, essay. essay. Uh, he had to write an essay, and he, it was on somebody you admire. Um, and we didn't make him do this. We didn't hold him down and say, this is what you're <laughs> writing about. But he said his mom and dad for what they had accomplished, you know, in the divorce and how they stayed friends and how they, you know, held. And it's just a beautiful thing. And, and, and so, yes, if it were up to him, uh, you know, his parents would still be together. Right. I mean, that's, but, but on the other side of the coin, he gets the, uh, you know, what we've, what we've uh, managed to accomplish. Excellent. You know, what I hope from this is people listen to this on the podcast or watch the video on YouTube or whatever it may be. I'm hoping that some guy, at least a couple of guys will listen, watch this, and go forward to soon-to-be ex-wife and just say, this is kind of what I'm looking for. Can we just stop all the bullshit and just come to the table like a couple of adults and hash this out, please? You hey, know, I want, not, I want nothing more than this. wants to write to us on Instagram, we would be happy to send them a book and one for their spouse. Yeah. Excellent. And, and, and where can we find you on Instagram? Is our happy divorce? Everything our happy we divorce. Would be happy to send them a book. And and at some point, you know, it, it takes and I'm sure Nikki's done this with me and I've done it with her. At some point it's, it takes somebody to put down the swords. Or or, or you know, when, when you're playing emotional catch, uh, for somebody just to put the ball down and say, I'm not playing. This is what I want. <laughs> and, and and look, Nikki and my journey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, it is 14 years uh, of being divorced. It was tough moments. There were arguments. There were fights. We still there, argue. Yeah, we still argue. There are landmines all over the place after divorce, bringing somebody sure. else into the sure. relationship. And, and so... Parenting. We don't parent the same way. Yeah. And, I mean, so, and, and, and so, the, you know, to the, the, the guy out there listening, uh, you know, and if he's saying, yeah, but or if, you know, women are listening, whoever, if you, if you hear that voice in your head that says... Yeah, but my ex or yeah, but my mm. wife or yeah, but my husband. Uh, I think at that point, that's when it's, you know, I, I would take, at least recommend, and this is not advice on any schooling or whatever, but if you hear that voice, uh, then, you know, that might be some of the problem, right? It is pointing the finger yes. and, and not taking the accountability for yourself. And, and so, you know, another reason we wrote this book and, and you know, are sitting here on, on, on your podcast and thank you for having us, but it is, we are two class A personalities. We are, you know, she's Italian. Um, you know, I, I don't know what I am. I, I guess I'm recovering. <laughs> I'm a mutt, uh, but, but we, you know, we have tempers, we're hot, you know, we're hot on the skin and, and, uh, but we managed to, you know, figure this thing out. So yeah, but my, to figure it out, bringing two other people into this equation, which could have blown this thing up again. Cause you have both remarried. Right. Oh yeah. That just complicates things even more so, but you guys went into it with the foundation of the healthy relationship between the two of you. 
So were there stumbling blocks along the way? Hey, here is my new potential marriage partner. Well, yes, him with me. Yeah, I mean, for me, and this is, you know, the male ego is such a... That's why I thought you should touch on this because it is... Right, the fragile, uh, delicate thing that we have, uh, you know, wrapped around our ego. Uh, So Nikki uh, starts dating somebody, and he just happens to be somebody that we knew uh, in our marriage. And, you know, they started dating after, and, and she called me, and she said... And this is after we made the amends and we had sort of like, you know, sat next to each other at Asher's events, even though we didn't want to. And just, you know, sort of just sucked it up and, and put on her big boy pants and decided to fake it until we made it. Right. Uh, and then she tells me that she's dating this guy. Right. Talk about a test to my new spiritual found, you know, <laughs> you know, my glow. Right. Yeah, you know, absolutely. basking in the light of yeah, uh, what a spiritual giant I was. Uh, and so she says she's taking him to. Uh, a baseball game or, or uh, I'm sorry, Asher's baseball game. And I, and I'm coaching Asher's baseball and I see Chad and Nikki walk up and I, you know, got my eye and I'm watching and I go, this is going to go down, right? This is, I'm going to have to do this the whole game. Right. And, and uh, how am I going to show up for this moment? And uh, uh, so the kids leave the dugout first, of course, leave the dads to clean up the dugout and Asher runs over to Nikki and Chad and I'm, you know, slowly, as slow as possible trying to clean up the dugout so I don't have to face this. But eventually mm-hmm. I start making my way over there and the stomach's turning and, the, you know, the skin is, under, you know, getting hot and the heart starts, you know, palpitating a little quicker. Um, and I said, this is your moment, Ben. Like, <laughs> this is either going to blow don't shit crash. up. Right? This is going to either blow shit up or, or, <laughs> or you're going to have a safe, soft landing. And so the first thing I did, and I hadn't even thought about this as I was walking, but the first thing I did was I gave Chad a hug. Uh, you know, and sort of to disarm uh, that and also to let Asher know that this is okay. There you right. Go. And, and yeah. I look, the last person I wanted to hug in the world was Chad, right? At that moment, the last, it was probably the most awkward man hug in the history of man hugs, but it was, you know, something. So it's just one of those moments where if I let my ego get in the way or I let my fragile uh, self-esteem, you just went to the car. I would have gone to the car <laughs> or I would have, you know, been in that, you know, maybe gone over, but you know, that maybe awkward, give, give the tough guy nod the yeah, what's up, what's up, and then keep going, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pound or you know, whatever. But or, or, or you know, even worse than go to my car, stand there and be you know, poor me, poor me. And Asher picks up on that, so yeah, there, there's a lot of moments like that w- w- yeah. through the way, uh, and, and you know, uh, that were very awkward, were very uncomfortable. You know, I just wanted to run and hide somewhere. And, and Nikki probably, you know, I know that she had those moments too, but. We just showed up and eventually, mm-hmm. and I can't tell you when it happened, um, but eventually we crossed the line from faking it, you know, that invisible line into making it and it becoming an authentic, true uh, friendship. You know, our, 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 the title of our book is Our Happy Divorce, but, you know, the tagline or the, the, the line is how ending our marriage brought us closer together. And, and, and that's sort of the, you know, the theme of, of what happened. That's, you know, why we call it Happy Divorce. Excellent. Well, guys, I think that's the perfect book into this. Thank you. Our OurHappyDivorce.com. The book's called Our Happy Divorce. They can find you on Instagram. Do you guys have uh, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff? Yeah. Everything in Our Happy Divorce. It's, it's Our uh, really Happy easy. Divorce. Excellent. Guys, don't turn your nose up at this. I'm talking to the listeners. Mm-hmm. Don't put your turn your nose up at this immediately and say, yeah, but you don't know my ex-wife. Uh, there's, there's, this ain't going to work. It doesn't have to be Nikki and Ben's story from A to Z. If you can take 
one of the 99 nuggets of wisdom that were just shared in the last 45 minutes and apply that, and it makes things a little better, hallelujah, right? And that may very well mean sucking up your pride as a man and saying, all right, both effed up here. Let's just be adults here. Let's let's do what's right. She may or may not agree, but at least you tried. And your kids will see the effort because, guys, kids, as you guys know, kids see everything. When you went up and gave Chad a hug, your son was watching every second of that. And he went, when it happened, like, uh, at least dad didn't go up and punch him in the nose. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been interesting. And as you know, Ben, one of the biggest fears for men that I talk to that are contemplating divorce, they see themselves going down the road, whether or not it's their intention, their biggest fear is, I can't imagine another man raising my son. I can't imagine another guy just hanging out with him, taking him to the baseball game, taking him out to eat, going bowling, tucking him in at night. Some men get rageful at that. It, it taps into something animalistic. And and let me just tell you, and, and this would be inauthentic if I didn't say this, uh, 14 years later, I love Chad. He's a, one of my closest friends. Still sucks. Uh, it still sucks. Yeah. You know, when I, you know, Nikki will say, Oh, Asher or Chad's taking Asher to so-and-so, you know, whatever. I love this man. I know my son loves this man, but still, it is still a punch in the gut and it's still Mm -hmm. a bruise, the ego. But I, you know, because I've been doing it at least, you know, at least checking that ego and realizing that's exactly what it is. I can talk my way through it a little easier and change those neurotransmitters just a little bit to say, you know what? That's great for Asher. What's the alternative to have a dick in his life who doesn't there treat him go. very well or who doesn't love him very well? And, and, and you know, that, that could be, a, that could be a, uh, an alternative. So I got a good. I mean, Nikki was going to eventually end up with somebody. You know, she yeah. wasn't going to join the monastery. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that, that's the kind of, you know, self, you know, talk and, and changing those neurotransmitters. But it still sucks. So I understand that. I can, you know, and, yeah. and, and I wish I could say that, it'll, you know, hey, it won't. It's the same for a mom, too. Yeah, exactly. 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 It can't all be all wine and roses, 100% happy all the time. There's going to be portions of this going to suck. It's inevitable. Such is life, right? Right. Yeah. Everything. Mm -hmm. Such is life. Well, guys, thanks again. Thank Thank you so much for sharing this. This was a pleasure. Really, really, really grateful. Ourhappydivorce.com and, of course, dadstartingover.com. And that's a wrap. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you. If you're listening to this, you're probably a guy who is interested in self-improvement. You probably consume a lot of information, like these podcasts, YouTube videos, audiobooks, courses, everything you can to learn more and help you become the best man that you can be. And if you're like a lot of men, there's something still missing. Well, I can tell you what that missing thing probably is. Quality time with other men that are on the same mission as you. Some of you probably have casual relationships with your fellow soccer dads or the occasional beer with guys from the neighborhood, but none of them seem to be on the same page as you. Am I right? They seem content with their shitty marriages, their shitty jobs, and their expanding waistlines. They have all but given up. You find yourself talking to them about the same football teams, listening to their stories about their subpar home life, and you're getting to the point where you dread hanging around them. Well, the good news is that we have assembled a group of men just like you. We call our group the DSO Fraternity. We have live Zoom meetings that are hosted by yours truly, 
along with the other members of the DSO team. We have a very active private discussion forum, a Discord server for our lifetime members, a members-only podcast, access to my books in audiobook and PDF format at no extra charge, discounts on one-on-one coaching with myself and other members of the team, discounts on our video courses, and access to our in-person gatherings. We have met in Nashville, Tennessee, Austin, Texas, Las Vegas, Australia, Amsterdam, and soon in New Orleans. So check it out, the DSO Fraternity at dsofraternity.com. We have monthly, annual, and lifetime membership options available. I think you will find our group is the missing piece of the puzzle that you have been looking for.